Welcome to episode 33 of the Becoming Human podcast. I'm your host, Will Nelson. This week, I sit down with Jack Mythos, a hip-hop artist and poet from the United Kingdom. Jack and I have parallel interests from writing to performing, inspired by underground hip-hop. But we grew up in entirely different cultures, and influenced by a few similar artists, but he was influenced by artists in the United Kingdom as well. And I've never heard of very much hip-hop from there. So I thought this would be an awesome opportunity to sit down with another aspiring artist and listen to his experience growing up in the UK, from rural life to the big city and everything in between. He's a a great guy and I really like his style. It has a lot of poetic elements to it. It's very playful. Jack's an incredible storyteller and I'm happy that I got to sit down with him for a conversation. I hope you guys enjoy this as much as I did. And if you like his music, go check him out at Jack Mythos on Bandcamp. Or you can find him on uh, YouTube, social media as Jack Mythos. I'm going to play you in a song called To Literally Give the Moon. It's one of my favorites off his upcoming EP. It's called The Other Strangeness. You can also check him out as Jack Mythos on Patreon. And if you like this episode, please rate, review, and share it everywhere. You can find us on Becoming Human Pod at Becoming Human Podcast on social media or at Will Nelson on Twitter and also killyourking.com for any updates and previous episodes or you can check us out on iTunes. Night since they had hunt. Thanks. She went in bare feet in a cantaloupe meat colored night shift to the shore of the sea of mist. The verge of the ocean of smothering vapor, the edge of the bewildering haze he called the brim of obscurity. Rocket ships around tonight, disguised as magic. Holes leak devouring lights from skies of static. He brings roses to her sight, rites of passage where Stepford wives unite. She lies in anguish, two renegades are made, enemy soil decays. Neither hologram nor alchemy as all old hands climb a balcony. With impatience, glimpsing of radiance, gaze into her face, for cease to sink to pain. I'll take you on a voice through outer space. Outer space. I'll take you on a voice through outer space. It was an autumn night, she glimpsed a soaring flight He fled down pouring twilight over hell enforcing light Skies, hopelessly black, crisis insomniac, sunlight begins to crack He rises from the ash, another story in these understories They meet formally, drown in slumber, in conformity She takes his hand, fate changes hand Forsake his dangerous land where his spaceship hangs I'll take you on a voice to outer space a million dreams of you, a million dreams come true Words piercing through me like a subdued breeze Amongst these trees, devilic legacies used to envelop me Eyes shattering telepathy, we touch Jupiter's moon Mistaken for Lucifer's tomb, earth for dust consumed Space left are resumed, 
Twin hearts set adrift, where tin eyes became monoliths. Nondescript wonder, a cooling card observing these falling stars. But after a while, still holding her, there at the brim of obscurity, which in an earlier time had been known as the rim of oblivion, he said softly, I'll take you on a voyage through outer space. Outer space. I'll take you on a voyage through outer space. Outer space. Every rap. You know it always sells. I'm known as space wizard. I guess being a jam kind of. If I grew up, it just becomes so ubiquitous. Okay, I currently, since I was 10, I lived in in Anis area, which I'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. A well-known place in England, not probably to you American people. Um, I grew up in a small town called Camberley, which uh-huh. is like a commuter town, if you know what commuter town is, like a bedroom town. Yeah. Uh, like to like an hour from London. And you know, this was as rural, this was about as rural and middle class as you can get. Okay, and was it like a, a small you know, community? Ish, yeah. It wasn't a particularly close-knit community, but it was a small community. Mm-hmm. There was one school and there's like, one school, and there's like two schools in the town. One on the nice side of town, one on the bad side of town. Yeah. Small community, like my friends all lived up the road from me. Not really much in culture, I guess. Just, I guess I was growing up in like the early mid 2000s. I was just kind of, I would just hear stuff on the radio being from this very geeky kind of kid and very innocent, quite child. I mean, I mean, I lived on the bad, I mean, I lived on the bad side of Cambly, but you know, that's nothing on the hood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's very working class and British, which I've always tried to reflect in a lot of my music. The British working class. Mm, see, I I even was in a place like that where it was like in a rural community, and as bad as the worst that it was in that community, it was not nearly as bad as it was like in the hood in a bigger city that I came from. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, it didn't dawn on me until much, much later that it was weird for someone like me to be into hip hop. That's why I even me started putting music out. When I was semi professionally, mm-hmm. I even realized it, I was doing shows. When I'd be doing shows, just local shows, just not being well known to when it comes to like book sets. I just getting booking wherever we'll play me or wherever we'll put on young artists. And just, there was like, there were cases where there'd be like these big, kind of tough, muscular black guys who were spitting up the road. And I'm just up there rapping about time travel <laughs> and magic. I mean, it was I mean, I mean, those people were a lot of people I played with. I don't play always showed up for my music. I've shown up for their music. Mm-hmm. I just to not get from category. But I guess you know, just, just music, just early influences: Eminem, Luke, Outkast. And um, when I you, mean, and I just loved how it sounded. I, I think I get, I think I didn't really do one at the time, but something I did appreciate, especially with Lupe, was the way they were kind of nerdy, and they were like the cool kids. I think mm-hmm. anime and space and time and and science, but then. They're cool people. These are people that have popular revival. Mm-hmm. I've been a very weird kid. I I was like as I probably as you're probably aware, I'm autistic. Mm, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like hypoxic autistic. Mm. Very hyperactive, very insular. Before I got into music, I just wanted to talk about comic books day in, day out. Oh, really? I mean, I mean, yeah, like so I'm into comic books. I mean, a lot of it comes with if I like something, I am into it. That's why I built up pretty much with I had a couple of people who showed when I got a bit older and I moved to Margate, which is a lot rougher. I found a few people who showed me kind of the ropes, kind of cool kind of stuff. Anyway, I just almost just spent going online and just looking through shit. For that, I found all the Rhymesayer stuff and then just digging into that. I found Anacorn, I found the precursors, all the Footsip Low dudes. 
obviously being from England, I found UK. I found obviously the UK hip hop scene. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, like obviously cats like rappers like Chester P, Bomb Bomb Beggars, Skinny Man, Part Life Cipher. Yeah. And then and then as I got older, I almost like and then kind of yeah, I was just very interested. Just, and I thought I knew comic books, and but I was a kid, I would go to the comic book store. I still mm-hmm. book store, but I'm old enough, so it's always impressive. And I just doubted them that I've read every single fucking core co- book they can name. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess definitely just kind of, I was like music because also I also have quite severe ADHD. I guess like, a lot of things can't call my attention. Like if I watch a film on my own, I have to pause it like four times <laughs> to go and do something else for 10 minutes. <laughs> That's exactly how I am, man. I can't even like, sit still. Like I play, like I play, like I feel like I just, and there's even video, little video games, like video games as well, which I don't play that much. I used to play them a lot when I was a kid too, but then it was like uh, the reward that I got from all of that time spent, it was not nearly as satisfying. So I was left like empty-handed and depressed, you know? And I mean, I mean, I guess that's like from games from stories. I mean, I guess also, I guess also growing up kind of verbal and then even after I moved to Margate, I wasn't really around many people like for quite a long time. Due to like, due to quite com- due to quite complex reasons, I will probably allude to later. Yeah, I, I'll get to that later. It's a long story. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I'll invite anyone who shared my interests. So really, okay, I just I, I eventually just ended up getting taken out of school because I did when I was like nine because I just couldn't cope. Like I'm very intelligent, but just because of dilemma, because of just like, not not without bullying, I wasn't bullied at all. Really, mm-hmm. that, like I was later, I. Ended up like how nervous. Ended up going to go through a few things at school. Me, I just wouldn't focus in class. I just couldn't control my emotions. Mm-hmm. Also, just issues with like speech clarity and stuff, which is ironic because I never became a rapper. Ah, uh, well, that's a trip. So they wanted to put you in speech therapy, and at that time, you're interested in like hip hop. No, not exactly. I mean, huh. as in, I had a problem. Basically, it's kind of almost became some rapper stuff. Basically, a problem with, like I am, I have, I have like a condition called aphasia, which means basically. It's similar to it's like dyslexia, but the other way around. Basically, what happened? What happened was when I was younger, just the more I talked, it would get. I just basically I couldn't control how loud I talked, or like, like I would always just sound really loud and kind of annoyed, even if it was something happy. Mm-hmm. I was always with just going and just talking really fast and stuff, which did kind of help with the rapping in a way. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, because you know, I just at that reason, just getting upset really easily, just literally just not even though I'm very intelligent, I just. I guess sometimes I give a shit about it. in English. I always did really well in history. I did really well. Then I fucking just basically just I wasn't kicked. I wasn't kicked out. I was taken out by my family on expert. And that's not an attack on my family at all. Right? They, they, they were totally reasonable to do that. Yeah. So I wasn't really in school. Was homeschooled for a while. Got put in a special school for a bit. And how? Those places are fucking scary as shit. Are they really? So like, how was your experience going through all of that at the time? Because I, I'd be confused and probably frustrated a little bit. It was just frustrating, confusing. Just, I mean, maybe I like I did act like act like illusions and inhibitions when I was younger. But at the same time, even when I was at, even when I was just at a normal primary school, a primary school is an elementary school. No, oh, okay. Oh, you did. Uh, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, the, yeah, basically, after I moved to and basically, it was just like I wasn't getting any support. Most of what I was learning was stupid. And I was just not getting any, and I wasn't actually being given any support for my attention for my ADHD. Mm. I wasn't even referred to a speech therapist. Really? 
Like, actually, when I actually got put in a special school, they didn't even do one then. <laughs> the special school was fucking... I, 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 went, I went to a couple before I just got home educated and then started going to college, but college is a different thing in England. Oh, in England, it is? You, in, in England, you leave secondary school or high school, as you call it, when you're 16. And then mm-hmm. you can either continue studying there at a thing called sixth form, or you can go to a college. Mm-hmm. And then we have university, which is like a college. What? That's crazy. That's so well, at college, you had to study what you want. It wasn't to a college, really. Uh-huh. That was in proper education again, and even to I made friends my own age, really. Mm-hmm. I was just going to school, going to school. Like, eventually, after, after my parents split up, we, my mom moved me and my sisters to a town called Margate, if you have ever heard of it. Oh, uh, what's that? It's a five-pair space in England. Okay. It's like, a, it's like a seaside town. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's where I live, actually. It's, it's, a, seaside, it's a seaside tourist town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, that's where I pretty much had a seaside tourist town. So. The thing about seaside towns is just, you have the you have the tourist bit that's lovely, then you go into the actual housing area and it's just get a rough as shit. Yeah, it's, but like, I feel like because it's based off the back of the service industry and whenever you have a community that's based off the back of the service industry, at least over here and um, from what I've seen in America, um, that you get just like... Uh, Rougher neighborhoods more often, if you will. Yeah, I mean, although Margate is, is also a big gypsy community there. Oh, ooh, you guys got gypsy communities. That's really like, cool. Like, and that, like, they're kind of like their own little bubble, though. Like, they just they just keep to themselves. Uh huh. Not even to this then, because I met a few gypsies. I mean, I guess. Well, I mean, obviously, I thought, obviously, it's a bit of time to kind of appreciate it, but then moving somewhere like Margate was good for me. But just because yeah. I was out around things. Like we don't know, had to drive forty-five minutes to find to find a place that sold comic books. Oh, Obviously I was I was around a place that sold quite that a comic book shop, even if it was a shit one. I was around <laughs> like people who were. Oh, there was a music scene. No, there were music scenes. Actually, there's a rapper from Margate known as called Mike Whitechurst, who's actually gone quite famous in England now. Uh huh. Like proper. He's, 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 he's kind of on the cusp of breaking into the main of breaking into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, they've met my crisis, but then also through Bargate, I kind of... Firstly, I met people who kind of... I met people who kind of went here, but I started going to, like, local hip-hop stuff when I was, like... Like, I were kind of who just were into adults who like hip-hop or made hip-hop since I was, like, since I moved there, basically. When I was, like, 14, I started kind of doing music. So there was... Like, a- there was an actual like uh, big entry level hip hop scene where where you were at where there yeah. were people who were coming up. Yeah, huh. definitely, definitely, definitely. I mean, there was like a few people. Maybe there was this place called Pie Factory, which is still open. That's the one that I was There was like a youth hip hop club. It wasn't that great, but it would just get you just get different people there. You get people like me there, but you also get people like kind of consciously rappers more. So the UK style rappers, if you're familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm familiar. With, with the UK, with the UK. Then you can just get a lot of kind of really fucked out dudes. Mm-hmm. And it's actually cool because it actually got me out of shit later in life because, I mean, there's a few occasions where people have, where I've been in in a rough bit of town late at night, often with weed, often, often with massive amounts of weed on me. Mm-hmm. And, oh, least, and, they, and people have nearly troubled me, but I've gone out of it because one or two people there of these when people like recognize me and just think, no, this goes okay. <laughs> yeah. It's cool, but I just really, one thing I've always had is, I guess also like not really having a lot of people like me is I just learned to deal with people who are different than me. Yeah, that's, like, huh? Deal with people different than me. I mean, obviously, and obviously these people would then kind of 
like a lot of the older people, people who work there and stuff, and people at similar events would just show me like hip hop. I got showed off and uh, underground stuff. I love like the classic UK hip hop stuff when I was about like through there. Mainly through uh, big ups to my man Joe Baxter Webb, Joey Prolapse, mm. who's like gone <laughs> on the local rap scene, who basically told me everything about rapping and producing. Joe, yeah. I mean, obviously, that's not like Ken's. Obviously, obviously, Margate or Fanet. I don't say Fanet. I want to say Ken, which is the whole county. Yeah, counties. A county's like a state. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'll be able to see. I'll be able to see. Like, we're not like London or Birmingham or like or anything on that level. But we've got a few good people out here. Obviously, Mike Righteous has gone quite big now. A lot. Of, there's a few just rappers on this, like in the area who've gone big. Like, obviously, raps. So far, two screw rap scallions are pretty well known, well, pretty well known based on the UK kind of underground hip hop scene. Spooker Sonic, who's a very renowned, like, from a basin scene, is from Ramsgate. Yeah. I, I would imagine, too, like, because with, like, within the past, what, 10, 15 years with the, like, YouTube and stuff like that, now you, you're almost exposed to a global market. Like, you yourself have the ability of reaching pretty much every, not everyone, but a lot of people with very little uh, resources. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, yes, well, like, yeah, 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 but I've been doing music since I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah it, it is about the strengths, I guess. I mean, also the thing about hip hop is that it's very insular. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, in the, obviously in the UK, I mean, there is a, I, I don't think a lot of American people have actually admitted to me before, because I'm the only British person they know who's into hip hop or know online. And some people don't seem to even realize that there's this, that there's hip hop outside of the US and Canada. Mm-hmm. But obviously, Britain's got like as much of a hip hop tradition, if not more. At least as much as like they did. Yeah, it just flies under the radar, essentially. I mean, obviously, I mean, even like, was it for the last few years when like the internet and YouTube and stuff took off? Obviously, I mean, four hours, people are, are obviously made a lot, of, obviously, getting down in the States. Mm-hmm. Gigs, gigs, it was on a pretty opposite end of the spectrum. I mean, Drake has collabed with like Skepta gigs on his last project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, there's been a boost in hip hop since like. They know it's like obviously there's also grime. If you know what grime is. Yeah, yeah, I know what grime is. Yeah. And yeah, grime, and before that there was Britcore, which never crossed over in the states, but did cross yeah, over I've in Germany. Never heard of that before. It, it did cross over in Germany though. Oh really? It's still it's actually still quite big in Germany. What? I'm gonna Brit, have to Brit, check Brit, that Brit, out. Britcore's Brit, Brit kind of like fast, dancey hip hop with like really with like low with like loud drums. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like, it's not the same thing as Ryan, but it's kind of comparable. Have you seen, what's the name of that movie with like, uh, about the end of the world that came out a few years ago with the people who did Paul? Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's... Have you heard that? Have you heard like the British rap songs and the soundtrack of that? Yeah, yeah. That, that That's what Britcore is. Oh, what? Oh, dude, I got to check this out. Yeah, Britcore, and obviously there's sort of... In the UK, you get a lot of the vibe between kind of grime or, like, road rap, which is, like, hip-hop grime, like gigs mm-hmm. or something like that is road rap. And then sort of UK hip-hop, which is in the vein, I guess, more recently, like, Four Hours, Ocean Wisdom. But then more back in the day, people like rappers like Skinny Man, Chester P, Maestro, Life MC, obviously had this big, like... Oh, and that was obviously came out and kind of almost occurred they were in the same places but it was in different bubbles mm-hmm. so like all the grime cats like people like Wiley uh, Dizzy Rascal a few other people not to say they weren't aware of each other at all but they were like in, a diff- in, in, in different clubs mm-hmm. 
different blocks of the same kind of neighborhoods. Oh, okay. And, and, and it's like, they've had this, and then obviously they were more garage drum bass heads with rappers like with, with Chester, Skinny, Maestro, Ramson, Bad Bones were all like hip American hip hop heads. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I mean, you get a lot of fans like, and obviously there's been a hip hop tradition, which is always kind of, I mean, UK hip hop kind of disappeared, at least commercially for a long time, with the absence, with the absence of crime. Mm-hmm. When I say UK hip hop, I mean specifically the sound of UK hip hop. Oh, I see. Which for people who aren't familiar with UK hip hop, just check out check out Task Force. That will be the best example there, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Better be people who did who did that style, just like the Task Task Force, Skinny Man. I don't like said these names like a bunch of times. I'm just trying to. No, you're fine. What, this is what UK hip hop, as in the sound, it sounds like. And that's what I'm interested in because, like, I I have never been exposed to the uh, at least very little, anyways, UK hip hop scene, and when like the I fell in love with the with the uh, like Minneapolis scene with idea and abilities and atmosphere yeah, and POS. Obviously, and stuff. obviously, I mean, obviously, I mean, I was listening to that. I found that online from older friends of mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I how I did too. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like kind of nostalgic was that. There was mm-hmm. actually one point where I actually said just trying to move to Minneapolis when I was like fifteen. I was thinking, okay, oh, when really? I'm sixteen, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna try to move But see, that's when was around the time I actually discovered more UK hip hop and discovered more about the culture. Because mm-hmm. when I was younger, I was a bit, you know, kind of UK rapper we've been exposed to was like the grime and the road rap. Not that that's bad at all, because there's a lot of grime I really like. Yeah. I mean, Dirty Goods is a grime, it's one part of the grime, and he's one of the best MCs on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. But you know, like, I didn't, I didn't, yeah, but I didn't like, I didn't like, but I guess, I mean, I didn't find out until later. I've got, I've got some of Jade, I mean, and it's weird to me just how inclusive the scene is, because in America, I know this part of the UK hip hop divide, but in America, you get even in hip hop, it's like, in it, it's what's called underground hip hop, it's like, it's a divide of like the street rappers, the rappers like Vinnie Paz, Ill Bill, and then there's like the, the vibes there style, and I think there's weird contrast that, and all separated up. Yeah. But in case, I mean, I, I mean, I've been to a few UK underground hip hop events, but like the big names of UK kind of hip hop. And I mean, it's weird because everyone there is just really nice to each other. Uh-huh. You've got people like Skinny Man, like people like Skinny Man, who's just, who has, among other things, robbed Biggie schools at gunpoint. Shit. And Good rap. The, um, that, that's the thing, too, that, that I think is, like, particularly appealing is that sense of community. Um, and I, I don't know how it is in the UK, but we often face, like, a thing of urban isolation. And um, even then, like, people only create communities through, like, workplace. Um or their families, and in absence of that, um, it's almost like people crave an aspect of community. So through things like, oh shit, yeah, just like, yeah, you're fine. Sorry, so, 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 no, I, I just lost my tobacco that was in my bag. Yeah, you're good, man. The, um, but having something like that, for instance, is you get that that inclusivity to it almost makes it. Um, more of a valuable experience, if you will. And I think it's, and we also often like to subscribe ourselves to groups. So I think it's important to be able to have something like that that's inclusive. Yeah, I mean, I guess what I'm saying though is, I mean, like, the people like Skinny Man, who again just, no, I've been to because I've met Skinny Man a few times and he's a fucking lovely man, but you know, mm-hmm. he's just one of the roughest, most criminal people ever. Really? I mean, Skinny Man is a gentleman. I love Skinny Man. I've met him a few times. He's a mm. gentleman. But I mean, he's, for example, 
but this is someone who's a pretty big deal in the Uganda on the hip hop scene, but I guess most Americans have no clue who, who he is. But then anyway, but then anyway, American hip hop. Anyways, first, I guess I was, he could tell a lot of people stuff. I mean, when he actually has publicly defeated Eminem in a rap battle. Oh, and then, and then he got signed, but then, you know, didn't because he got arrested the day he was supposed to meet, meet with the label. <laughs> oh, shit. That's the kind of it, it's lovely guy. I mean, not for violent crimes, just for like, like selling weed. I mean, I mean, he sells weed on stage. Like while he's rapping, he just throws weed into the crowd. Holy shit! How they handle that over there in the UK? Is that like like on a download kind of thing, or is it just meh? It's just one of those things. It's like you don't really fuck with Skinny Man. <laughs> oh shit! He'll fucking he'll fucking hit you. Yeah, it's just, it's just, like everyone just turns a blind eye to it because you can't like really. It's just, you know, Skinny Man. Then you got people like, for example, Essa, who is a lawyer, and is who is another well-known British rapper who is a lawyer. A lawyer? That's yeah. a trip. What? Like what is he? What what are the topics that like he usually covers too? Is it like is he trying to be like hard or is he no, trying to divide into I, I, it? I guess his raps are kind of almost, I guess, almost like Charles Gambino. Not that he sounds like him, but kind of what you call black middle class life. Yeah, and and just kind of playful and vibey. Yeah, playful vibey. He's dope. I mean, you get people like. I mean, he's not a criminal lawyer to be plays. I don't think he's a he's a media lawyer. Hmm. It's not like he's putting the same people on the street on, in the jail that he then raps with. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like SO does some opposite sides of the coin, interacting and chilling. I mean, obviously, that was we come up. Like, I just came up to Skinny Man, came up to Chester, came up to best people to see him and just been like, just been like, I've just been like, yeah, no, and they've been calling me. Anyone comes up to them, they should have love to. There's a lot of bonding. They, 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 there's always open mics, people just invite you up on stage. Have you, were you surprised by the, uh... By how normal the people that you looked up to within um, hip hop were, or did you always expect just knew that they were just other people? Because like I- I've met a lot of people who who have um, like uh, artists they admire, and there's always this notion like I can never be like them, or they're particularly special, and that's why they're there. Uh, I mean, I guess I mean I guess I wasn't the same surprised. They were all aside from aside from one person who I won't. Do I don't want to say the name of a camera in the UK hip hop scene? Have been very, have just been very cool people. They're kind of like why I expect them to be just like cool guys, well, from interesting backstories. Like, like I wasn't like I, I, I mean, I mean, like, uh, like they, 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 they weren't boring. They were all really interesting people. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, again, people don't. Like, 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 just kind of growing up, just kind of having moved to Margate when I was like 10, now being, there's a lot of culture shock growing up somewhere that's so white and middle class. Yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah. In, a, in a lot of ways, it was probably the best thing that could have happened to me. Mm-hmm. It's, but, I, yeah. and I, I can kind of relate to that because I got moved from like a, a, a big city where it was like, and I was in the, um, what is it called? A rougher neighborhood, if you will. And then I got moved to a rural community with a bunch of white dudes who are loggers. And it was a town of 300. And I'm like, what What the fuck? And it it was a huge culture shock to me, but it it allowed me to, um, in hindsight, understand the juxtaposition between the cultures, you know? Yeah, I mean, also it just helped me because I guess it helped me learn to mix different people, help me find people eventually who shared my interests. Mm -hmm. Also just, it helped me learn street smarts. Yeah. I've been to this before, but like, if I hadn't either known one of the people there or just had learned from them some piece of urban smarts, 
mm-hmm. urban smarts, you know, I would basically have been, I, I could have got in deep shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've... Uh, obviously, get a bit, it, it was a similar scene. It wasn't really until even I got older that I found more people who were like me. I mean, obviously, for a long time, I mean, you've had me on Facebook for donkey's years. Mm-hmm. I've just reached out online to people, just vibe says nerds from many America. Because even the rappers I knew, even though my friends, most, most of them, at least the ones about my age, were just kind of, even though doing kind of British, kind of politically, kind of street rap, or they were trying to do whatever was mainstream. Mm-hmm. Not that any of them, not that bad. Some of them were too good. They were generally all, all decent people, but you know. Yeah, it's on a different yeah. track. I guess also eventually it was kind of, again, when I went to go to college, I was finding around other people. Also, this was in Canterbury, not in Bargain, if you've heard of Canterbury. Mm-hmm. It's like a city, like an hour from like an hour from where I live. Oh, okay. It's kind, of, it's kind of the hub of Kent. Oh, it is? There. So you have a wider mix of cultures and stuff like that and classes? Yeah. Okay. Not so much that. It's just, it's just bigger. And this is where everyone goes. Everyone goes out to Canterbury. Everyone goes to Canterbury. Most people in, in, in Planet and probably on the other side of Kent too talk about wanting to move to Canterbury. Mm-hmm. It's just so much. It's just such a. It's just a. It's not a big. It's not. It's not a big city at all. It's, that, that's. It's not, it's not. It's not a big city. It's like. It's like a. It's about. It's about as big as. What's like a small American city? Um, I would. I'd say uh, Bellingham and yeah. Oh, it's a small American city. Let me think. That you would know. Uh, like, Tampa Bay, Florida. No, Tampa Bay is kind of big. But yeah. Okay. Okay, so it's not. It's like it's a large town that is a city because it has a cathedral. Oh, so yeah, that makes sense. There's like a tourist draw that makes it a little bit bigger than a small town. That makes in 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 the UK to be in in England, not sure about Wales or Scotland or or North Ireland. To be a city, the requirements is you need a university and a cathedral. Really? Yeah. Whoa, that's a trip. There's um, it, in, it is weird. In, in like so people, I mean, yeah. So uh, people from the um, outlying communities, like or from what you're talking about, even the city that you were in, they have this desire. Like there's this notion, like I'm going to move to that city one day that has more opportunity. Like yeah, that, pretty much. And that's I mean, thing, that's, yeah. To be fair, Margate's been on the come up over the last couple of years. There's a lot of venues and stuff here. I think Grillers played here recently. What? Yeah, they played, they, they played with Danny Brown as the opener. Oh, shit. In, in my, yeah, in my city. Dude, that must have been dope. There's, like, we have the same thing. If you could just pass that through the computer, we'd be fine. The, um, we got the same thing over here, where it's like, there's, there's a trappings of a small town, if you will. And, like, a lot of people get stuck but and are doing the same thing, you know, even as an adult. And then some people, though, they'll get out of it and, you know, go to those places that have more opportunity, if you will. Like, yeah, 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 yeah definitely. I mean, I mean, I, I think about, the thing about just the South of England in general is everyone just eventually goes to move to London. Yeah. That's, the thing, that's, the thing, that, that's the thing about the hip-hop scene in general, though, is because it's the way it's structured. It's all very structured around London. Even people from other big cities end up moving down to London. Damn. But it's it's gonna go a bit over the last couple of years with Blah Records, if you're familiar. Mm-hmm. But Blah Records are a format for people for American people not basically aren't familiar. They're a big deal in the UK undergoing hip hop scene right now. They're from up north, like Liverpool, Manchester, 
Wales, Border Wales as well. Mm-hmm. But you know, they're all kind of urban street, mostly black dudes. And they rap in their northern, they, they rap in their, I can't do a northern accent, sorry. And they rap in their northern accents. Oh, they rap so- in their Manchester, Liverpool accents. And they just get respect. Is there a big difference, like, um, sorry if this is ignorant, is is there a huge difference between, like, the um, the North and South uh, accents? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you've probably heard of, like, the Beatles are from Liverpool. Yeah, okay. Have you, have you, ever, have you ever heard the Beatles talk? Yeah, I've heard the Beatles talk. That's, like, that's, like, a, that's a Liverpool. That's so I'm So I'm from, okay, I'm based in Surrey, Berkshire, kind of border area, moved to Kent. This is all in like the south of England. There's not really an accent difference except people from where I was originally from are a bit more refined, I guess. Mm. A bit posher than a bit posher. Mm-hmm. I guess my accent's pretty normal for where I live. But again, I mean, again, everyone just again, people of recently, a lot of it's to do with just a lot of it's to do with just the, the, the DJs and stuff, but mainly from London, we're mainly based in London, and they mostly just wanted to play the rappers they knew. Mm-hmm. And especially in the pre-internet times, I mean. So Westwood is, I guess you know Jim Westwood. Mm-hmm. Jim Westwood's quite controversial in the UK scene because despite calling himself a UK hip-hop godfather, he never put on that much UK hip-hop. Obviously, I wasn't there at the time, but from people who have told me about this, on his show back in the 90s when he was still young and a big and a big man and a big man about before he became what he is now, he would just like he would like he would only play like 15 minutes, 30 minutes of UK rap at the end of like a two, three hour, or midway through like a two, three hour radio radio block. What? And, then, yeah, and that would mostly just be rappers from London he was mates with. Yeah. Not to this, because not to this, because he played heavyweights. He played Blade, who was a heavyweight, Funky Dia, no, not Funky Dia, uh, MC Mello, who was heavy. MC, MC Mello, who was heavy. Um, London Posse, who are ridiculous. I've seen them live twice. Fucking smash it. <laughs> yeah, London Posse kind of, of course, or died. London Posse is probably ways to listen to to find where UK hip hop went. Not oh. crime, UK hip hop, they're, they're very different things. Okay. They're different cultures. They're, yeah. they're very different. They're, they're, they sound very different. They're different subcultures. Oh. Like, okay. again, there's a lot of kind of friction between what is between the communities. A lot of beefs, the communities often don't pay attention to one another. Uh-huh. Again, this has changed again over the last couple of years. But, like, like, again, London Posse, they came out. Mostly they came out rapping like they're from London. A lot of older British rappers. The first British rapper to really make any headway to get a lot of radio play in England, I believe, was Derek B. Mm-hmm. He's in a few film soundtracks. He's in a few film soundtracks in America. You might have probably heard Derek B. Without realizing, maybe not. I'll have to look into him. Death B. Let's Google De- De- Derek B. Okay. Derek B. Basically, he was a, he wasn't even a rapper. He was a radio DJ who had a compilation of American hip-hop they were releasing and he wanted to just and then they wanted to do an English song and then he just offered to do it but he was but he rapped in an American accent he sounded like he was from New York oh shit yeah not that he was not, not that he was particularly bad he's a decent rapper not the best rapper from that era but a good rapper but then obviously do you know Funky DL yeah Funky DL obviously he's from that same era and he but he sounds he's from New York mm-hmm. and again but again that doesn't actually he's in that note in England most yeah. just people shit on him for rapping like that's like Reggie Snow, I'm guessing you know him. Mm-hmm. Reggie Snow. But he's from Ireland. Oh really? Yeah. Oh shit. Again, he's a, again he doesn't I mean, he moved to America when he was like in when he was like early twenties. Yeah, exactly. Like he's up another who says we get a lot playing the UK scene because he doesn't associate it and also he raps bare American. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, obviously, I made a point. I mean, obviously, even if that's not done, then you'd hear a lot of the local rappers, even the ones who wanted to be conscious and underground, they would all rap like they were from South London. They'd all, they would all rap in the gigs voice. Oh, oh, shit, really? Yeah, I mean, uh, I made a point of like fighting that. I mean, obviously, I started taking it actually rapping and writing songs when I was about making songs when I was like 14. I became decent at it when I was like 15. So, well, I don't think I fully become, I don't think I fully become dope until really the to just begin the moon EP I dropped. What was, year. that's where I. What were you What were you doing like um, to uh, get better? Essentially, I know you could just like uh, writing songs and then going up and trying to perform, but like, what was the progression from that? Because at least a lot of people that I meet, they don't they don't see they just see someone who's good at hip hop and they're like, oh, they must have you know Yahtzee. Like, it, did you just uh, start? Uh, well, uh, I, I, get, well, I think my thing is just doing it constantly. Mm-hmm. Like obviously I, obviously I had like the speech issues I said before which was something I also had to kind of overcome as well yeah. mainly through rapping I kind of I mean it went away as I got older but I got rid of it totally but I just almost totally still occasionally with that mm-hmm. and basically also like again I was showing like Joe Prolapse big up Joe Prolapse check out Joe Prolapse's music because Joe Prolapse is a fucking phenomenal rapper mm-hmm. or check out the older stuff he did when he was called Yosh and before you ask the reason he's called Joe Prolapse is because he wanted something no one would steal. Oh, shit. You know what, what Prolapse is, right? Wait, no, what is it? It's when, it's when, you're, it's when your organs fall out of your bum. <laughs> it, it does actually reflect his music. He's very, he's very, like, if this is my music, you'd probably hear a similarity, except that I'm just quite serious. I'm, I'm rapping about quite serious topics. And he's just, uh-huh. Like, 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 I'll find, like, give me a second. So, anyway, Joe Prolapse, for example, he was showing me a lot of rapping because he was just, you know, he was also, he was into the same thing. He showed me a lot of hip hop I hadn't heard before. Uh, he's just, also, also, he's very similar to me as a person. He's also high-functioning autistic. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's he, so he, he basically... And eventually, made, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he basically made me... He basically kind of made me the rapper I am. Mm-hmm. No, I just kept doing it even after obviously I didn't see him as much now. Still show him occasionally and I've just been working on I just got better at it over time and then eventually I've just now sampling up some dope music. But again, I again probably the first big-ish break I had was a bit after my Strange Odyssey album. I see album, I don't actually really look at it as an album, it's like a demo. Mm-hmm. I bought it youth club for free. It's just kinda of okay. Yeah. Anyway, so no, that came a out beat. a bit after or a bit before that came out. I was, there was a thing called Breaking Convention, which is hip hop performance theater. Mm-hmm. And they did a day in Canterbury. Then do it the next year because it didn't really work that well. But then me and some other local rappers ended up being the opener for that. As a oh. result, I got, to meet, I got to meet Chester P, who is one of like, who's basically the first dude in the UK to come out with just super abstract, crazy bars. Ah, oh, whoa, that must have been cool for you, man. It's your PM, also show with John ZD, who is the founder of Breaking Convention and they just love the Dons of UK rap. Yeah. Shit. And so, like, uh, your friend basically showed you that that you could take uh, your style and your uh, and it would work in hip hop, right? Like, yeah. am I getting that right? And yes. that. Uh, so, like, for when you're writing, what what are the things that you try to focus on or um, take into consideration? Like, what what are your obsessions? I guess I mean, if you hear my music, you can hear I like to. 
I just try and do shit that's different. Not that I sit around trying to be experimental or anything, but like I just guess, like I, like I, like I know a lot of like facts of science fiction themes and kind of fantastical themes because that's just an interest of mine. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, I obviously you know I've been obviously I've you know recorded so obviously you know, I've just been got stuff that's more hard sleeve like only and other streams. There's some songs that are just very fantastical. There's also some songs that are very. I try to be effective with me. I try not to like do something someone else would do. Like you'll never get it. Like I talk about. Like, I'll talk about. Like my reference stuff, I reference stuff that I love. Like I try and keep it kind of, I try to keep it British. I try to show kind of, because a lot of UK, a lot of UK rap. It's just it, a lot of it just wants to be from London, as in people from around here. Like we show the Kent in themselves. But see, I've done songs where I reference places near where I live. I, I, I saw I haven't hasn't dropped yet. It will probably drop at some point. So yeah, mm. actually, I was on the track too soon. I was the actual track listing art sent back to me. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a long album because I've released a fair amount of it and that was mostly the likes about a few songs of it and the cheese VP that, and that's the last stuff. This might not drop to a lot later. But like, it's, the song is based entirely around, it's based around theme references to Holland Henry. Oh, really? Do you know what that is? Huh? Yeah. Do you know what Holland Henry is? No, the what Brit- is it? Explain. It's like a it's like a British children's book series and cartoon series that's popular when I was like a kid. Oh, really? so why does why did that stick out to you? Like it's like the, so it's just, it's like it's basically it's like Dennis the Menace basically. Oh, okay. Damn. And that was it's a kid. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was like a kids' program. It's like it's literally just some it's literally just something that I like. That's like I had a story to happen to as a kid. Mm-hmm. It's not even actually. It's not even actually very good. I tried to be watching it recently, and, I, and, it's, not, and it's, not, it's not good. It's fucking. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> Isn't that how it always is, though? Like I try to go back to like the shit the that I had when I was a kid, and it makes me want to fucking puke in my mouth. Yeah, the way people hold Henry though is almost like this between him and most of those kind of delinquent shows. This the, what the, those kind of kids shows about little delinquent kids who go around doing. I guess you're familiar with shows like that. Yeah, exactly. We we had a lot of them the when the, I was growing. The weird, the weird, the weird difference between. Oh, Henry knows that he doesn't actually do that much wrong, but his parents constantly yell at him and snap at him. But then the ones who call him Horrid Henry. <laughs> then his brother is called Perfect Peter, and it's just the biggest goody two shoes ever. Oh, he's serious? Those, I just said, favoring his brother. And, then, and this, wasn't, this wasn't even an intentional thing. I think this is just unintentional. I just tell it. The whole stuff he does is not wanting to read books or eat broccoli. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just it's just it's just really weird if you read it as an adult. It's just like wow, his parents are just horrible to him for no reason. <laughs> just fucking monsters. Yeah, it's, it, that's not even the songs about the songs. Actually, you uh, see, it's like a it's the song. You see, it's just using references to it to talk about my childhood and tell a kind of story about a bunch of crazy kids by referencing it. I think I guess my main audience now, which is I guess British. Kind of weird British people around my age will probably understand what these bars are referencing. Yeah, like niche British. I mean, I mean, most American people in England, this is very famous. Everyone in England knows what this is. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, in America, you, none of you Americans would ever like would, would have any clue. Of, I'm gonna have to re- read this. What? So, what's the name of the book again? Owen Henry. Okay. Owen Henry. There's like a bunch of them, and there's also a cartoon series of it, which is adapts of the books. Okay, I am going to. Like, another, influence, another influence on me of sort of rapping is also just like I really like just kind of anthology short stories. I like science fiction short stories. I read a lot of those, read a lot of Asimov, a lot of Fifty Dick. Whereas horror, like Ooh, yeah. old cla- classic horror, I've never been a big fan of slasher movies and stuff like that because I don't find them scary. But I love like Lovecraft, Clark Ashton Smith, mm-hmm. uh, oh, uh, 
Oxford and Blackwood. There's uh, another. Um, there's, there's enough of really obvious one I'm forgetting about. It's not my maps to just. I I just kind of surreal all sorts of stories. I guess as even some of the language I use is quite traditional or use a lot of like, language and tongues. Ooh. Now, I mean, Ben's watching a lot of old anthology shows. Like, I have an obsession with the Twilight Zone and the Outer Limits. Uh huh. Oh, do I love the Twilight Zone? As far as I was, as far as I was second, there's also actually talk about this stuff. There's actually there was a kid that was like this show on TV called Grizzly Tales with some Kids. It was like this animatronic show that's basically the Twilight Zone for kids. Oh, that's cool. You can, you can actually find it on, it's actually all about uploaded legally, legally on YouTube. Really? You can find the first two series. There's a later one that's not as good, which is actually American. It's actually proper scary. There's, like, there's this one where, like, this boy, like, he, he always has his head in the clouds, metaphorically. Mm-hmm. At the end, it's basically his head gets severed off, but he's still alive and he can still see everything. He's just trapped and his head is now literally in a box. What? Like, like there's, no, there's no gore or anything. It's just all just... It's just, it's, it was heads come off and there's like, just no blood or anything. Creepy concepts, pretty much, but without the gore. Yeah, it's just, it, it, it's almost really unnervous. There's this one episode that's, like, about this girl, and she basically, and, and her and her dad are, like, are, like, hunters. Uh-huh. And, like, they hunt, like, a rare goat, they have, like, a purple morath or a purple gopher. That's <laughs> the hunt. So, yeah, they have this curse, like, the girl starts growing, like, starts growing purple hair all over her, like purple fur over her. Yeah. And then, they go, and, then and then like her dad works for the queen and so they go to Buckingham Palace and she starts having the hair while she's at Buckingham Palace and she escapes into another room and she finds out the queen has this exact same disease, has this exact same curse <laughs> and the queen is also like a were-gopher. Oh, what? <laughs> it's fucking so weird. That is fucking weird. I feel like they must have dropped acid and started writing. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's like you can find this all online. It's so fucking bizarre. Dude, the strangest thing is, is like, did you, were other cartoons um, similar to that and how bizarre they were? Because at the I guess, time... I mean, I watched like American ones, like Billy and Mandy, uh-huh. Ed, Ed and Eddie. Yeah, they were fucking bizarre at that time. Like, and I look at cartoons now for my son and they're not like that, like uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog, where you have locusts and his grandfather's heads getting like, t- or fucking ripped off and shit. And I'm like, about, this is for if, kids. If, 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 what about, if, what about like... What about Uncle Grandpa? <laughs> Uncle Grandpa? You heard of Uncle Grandpa? I have not heard of Uncle Grandpa. It's this, it's this American children's show that's on Cross Network right now. It's about a guy who's everyone's uncle and everyone's grandfather. What? <laughs> and like, he hangs out like a live-action leopard. A live-action tiger. <laughs> what? A live-action yeah. tiger? It's just... It's just... It's just... It's just <laughs> This is like the fucking worst thing ever. Yeah. Anyway, I love Uncle Brad. I love Uncle Brad. It's great. But anyway, anyway, Adventure Time obviously is very. Oh, dude, I love Adventure Time. Yeah, Adventure Time. Obviously, it's always. I mean, I feel like Adventure Time is that it's for kids, but it's also kind of about the apocalypse. Uh huh. Yeah. I guess something I always focus on in my lyrics is just imagination. Just because I'm just very into concepts i'm into this watching animation and reading quite books and just watching stuff that just has this weird visual style to it mm-hmm. something that like almost is uh is alien in its feel like yeah i mean obviously obviously my maps i mean i'm assuming you've listened to my music mm-hmm. yeah yeah i guess also by that, obviously i have these weird dense concepts and imagery and references 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I like the way that you use a lot of your references too. And um... I guess also like I mean, obviously I've always that. I mean, just influenced by that. I mean, obviously rap influences. Obviously, I mean, I guess maybe I'm a weird bubble when I was exposed to a lot of things at once. But as I got older, I even realized how strictly different of what kind of was or wasn't mainstream. At least kind of the older they were. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I mean, because I had a lot of like this classic hip hop. Actually, my dad, but that's not like a massive hip hop junkie or anything. But he likes, but he played like Dilla Soul. Oh, really? Kind of more well known. He's not like a huge hip hop head or anything, but he plays stuff like that occasionally. Oh, that wasn't, like his main, that wasn't like his main thing, but I heard a bit of that when I was a kid. And then kind of Outcast, Lupe. What was, your, like, what was your parents' main thing? No, I, I'm curious about that. Me uh, and my parents are like deep music lovers, but like they like, I guess. But that is a bit. He likes, I guess. But I like a lot of this music that was kind of big in the mid to late eighties. Mm-hmm. So he likes some of that classic hip hop. You know, he likes kind of club, kind of old house music, sort of rock from that era. My mum just kind of likes. My mum likes a lot of music, but probably the same stuff my dad likes. But she's not really into music. Yeah, doesn't actually. The main, get thing, the, the, the main thing me and my dad have in common is like science fiction. Oh, okay. Me and my, me, me and my dad are very are very different people. Not just like my dad or anything, my dad loves me, but like we're, my dad's, my dad's just quite, my dad's just quite rough. Oh yeah, I see. And quite, and quite athletic. Mm-hmm. Not that he's done anything, not that he's done quite sporty and kind of jockey. Not that he's ever done anything to me, my dad loves me, I don't want to. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I understand but that. Obviously we're... that's like the main kind of thing we have in common, I guess, that's where a lot of my, yeah, for this where science fiction comes from, I guess. I mean, that overlaps in rap, but obviously they got a bit older, I found, I kind of found American underground rap just with being a lot later, I guess. Also wanted to find that that's about what I cared about. So she found idea, I found Aesop, mm-hmm. found like the Anaconda who kind of had listened to a lot of that. Then that obviously had a big influence. Then as I got a bit older, I met and then I started playing out my own raps more. Also when I met Joe and other local people, I found rappers like Chester P, rappers like Skinny Man, rappers like rappers like New, like New Flesh, Shop in Birmingham, mm-hmm. Black Josh, kind of a lot of kind of London bound rap, a lot of like a lot of rappers like that. I could that influence my style, I guess. If you heard that, you hear kind of a cobweb of a lot of different things. Yeah. Then you also just hear, I mean, I mean, I mean The Cure, actually. Like, I was listening to somebody, somebody, some music I've recorded last week in the studio, which isn't out yet. Mm-hmm. It'll be out eventually. I know, I'm excited to hear it, man. Yeah, I mean, hopefully when the track listings are out, I'm going to do a couple of songs. But then, you know, just the, the Cure's music, just, just, just the way the, the way Robert Smith projects his voice and just his use of dense imagery, kind of, the kind of more, in the sound because less poppy stuff and just more, so it's like a forest. Oh. Well, you're, you're, you're familiar with the cure, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of the cure. Anyway, like, when they have, like, the more abstract kind of lyrics. Mm-hmm. And more like, and kind of the weird concepts. That happens to me a lot. If this is some of my vibes, you want the Smith. I kind of lived in a bubble where I just listened to hip-hop. Pretty much just... I just kind of was in a bit of a weird bubble for a long time. It wasn't like I'd be associated with people. I guess I was listening to hip-hop, and I guess... That was the, then the friends I had my age were all like rock kids, mm-hmm. which is still kind of the case. My friends, like I have a college, my friends were my age. But my friends, I mean, people, the kind of older people who I do poetry and music with, also my friends who I hang out with. But, you yeah. know, my friends back, obviously, my friends my age are mainly indie kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I talk about all the, all the rappers I've met and all the influences, and they, have, that they look at me like I'm speaking an alien language. Oh, yeah. But, you know, obviously, I guess I was going to remember the Smiths. Honestly, more babes, you know, where my rap background was, like the Smiths, the Cure, mm-hmm. Joy Division, Nat Owens was me a lot, more or less than other artists. 
I like a lot of like apocalyptic kind of folk music, which is another niche of as like Jeffy Hume, Cal 93, with just the weird dead sounds and the apocalyptic lyrics. That really like has a heavy, like heavy, heavy, heavy like influence on me. Oh, really? It's that like reading, kind of just animation, choir books, and just the way I, the way I spread words together. Uh-huh. Obviously, I overcame. You, what? Sorry, so, 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 so people was going to say, uh, no, you're fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot of my musical, obviously, I mean, like, my music's a lot of web of tapestries and just always trying to be me, not trying to be anyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the important thing is like to be able to get, our, get out of our own ways and not let our insecurities become our obstacles. Like, uh, it's the way I describe my production as well. My production has this very typical hip hop style of making it, and I'm just chopping up samples and drum loops. And then adding some bass lines in. But then I guess also because I use a different sample basis than what you'd hear in a lot of classic hip hop. Like I use the post rock, use the drone, use the ambient, use the electronica. And, uh, what makes you, why do you do that? What do you mean? Because that's just the music I listen to and that's not hip hop. Okay, cool. So it's that's just what I hear and what I think, oh, this would be a good sample. The yeah. way Fritz Paul hears all the jet, the way you know DJ Premier heard or Fritz Paul or like cheap or like any, or like, but here or the, Hip hop that also requests would hear with the jazz and soul and mm-hmm. and funk in their house and think that'd be a sample. I hear, I hear uh, fucking, I hear fucking. We get a couple of local bands, a couple of local post rock bands, kind of shoegazy bands have kind of let me. Hopefully, get let send me some stems I can sample from because that's what stuff what I listen to. Because also I want to make stuff that sounds distinctive. I don't sit out. I don't sit out and think of oh, how can I be weird today. Because I mean, music isn't even that weird. It's still all samples and drums and quite normal songwriting because mm-hmm. that's the thing is I could be kind of poppy and upbeat but I can also be kind of really underground with what I'm rapping about at the same time so you can like go, go back and forth even within one song yeah okay. it's like my, my, my songs are literally Give the Moon which is a lot of my which is pretty much all my real life friends favorite song by me my songs are literally Give the Moon I'm gonna have to check that song out because that's like a much happier lighter song than my other stuff yeah. But I'm still rapping a really dense technical concept in this really, in this offbeat, crazy, multi flow. Mm-hmm. Then also, like, there's like the chorus is scratching, but it's scratching in this pop context of like the brand new, I guess you know, brand new. Yeah, I know brand new. But the brand new guitar sample. Oh, that's pretty cool, man. See, I haven't had to, I wasn't able to check that song out of yours, but I'm going to have to check that one out because that sounds sick, dude. I can't it's wait. To to- the tips you're going to Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's sick. I mean, obviously, yeah, I mean, Obviously, I mean, I've done a lot of stuff. I've just worked online. Like, I've just recorded songs and then emailed them over just some rappers in America. Yeah. And I've been, I've get the point where I'm starting to do shows, starting to go to open mic nights, starting to kind of rock shows. And I mean, I mean, on one occasion, or like sometimes just when it's been open mic nights, people just let me jam with them. Like, I've jammed over like jazz and like rock bands, just gigging, and then we just jam them and they're gigging at, at like pub shows and stuff. Dude, that must have been a lot of fun. Were you? Into- it, it, were you intimidated to do like the jam with them or? No, no, not really. I think the rest of it is, you know, either if I, if I didn't get on stage, I just looked like a pussy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like I fucking did. And then I rocked the mic and got a bunch of people nodding, and probably got a bunch of people who aren't even that, who aren't even normally into hip hop to go to, to go listen to my music. Because my music does kind of cross over a lot with indie, like, <laughs> like, like I, I just, like, like I've got like like the only kind of like the song that's really good. Moon has been played on. Mitch Emery, on his internet, who's a local kind of indie musician who's quite a big girl around here. Mm-hmm. And he's played my music on like his internet station a few times. Oh, okay. Just because he has my music, obviously, can cross over with people who are like rock fans or people who aren't even overly into hip hop. But then I still have this, obviously, I have this dense knowledge of hip hop and this 
<coughs> super like abstract technical rapping style and, mm. and deep style but I also have like the, the type of samples I use and what I rap about and it's even just like the way I dress and, sh- and shit and just yeah. people I affiliate with mm-hmm. you, not, out beef, not, not out of beef not beef but a lot of my friends most of my good friends in the local music scene aren't really the rappers yeah well there aren't people I mean Squid and Doggo who are two great rappers in my the other, other two kind of young underground rappers who are sort of run things in Kent they mm-hmm. got Squid and Doggo who I should be doing some work with You've probably seen those five videos before you saw them, obviously. There are a lot of people around the local rap scene at the start. A lot of people I hate or dislike, just people I don't overly connect with. Yeah. Obviously I, just, it's obviously amazing because a lot of the shows I play, other than poetry things, are like often shows set full of rockheads and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so uh, yeah. So, 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 so you're going to say. No, you're fine. You can go say. So, no, I, I, I don't have anything. I'm just going to oh. close that off. The, um, and so, like, I'm interested too uh, the divergence between the poetry scene and the hip hop scene, because it, like, um, is poetry it's, a big thing there in your uh, community? It's not like the thing everyone goes apeshit about, but it exists. There's a lot of poetry nights, fairly decent poetry nights. But like, but like poets from like London or like wherever, were like relatively big names, will get booked to play. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's, a, there's a fair amount of divide in that just a lot of the rappers don't really don't, don't really don't really don't really make poetry and a lot of the poets don't really make rap. Yeah, so there's no crossover in that sense or little. I mean, there's little, I guess. Obviously, I am. A couple of people, couple of people have done it. Actually, that's changing a bit recently because uh, Marcus Major, who's another local artist, another local MC, local, another local MC, well, I've worked with a fair bit and is doing a lot. For, big ask Marcus Major and Michael Mike, they're doing a lot for local scene. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they, 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 they're, they're trying to make some events that are like that, and they've obviously just performed their maps at poetry nights. It's more just, I guess, so the people out here with the hip hop aren't that into poetry, and the people out here with the poetry aren't that into hip hop. Ah, uh, that makes sense. I, but obviously, they're, they're very similar, but they're very, but they're just very different kind of crowds. Yeah, exactly. In, interested in different ways, and like I've, uh, the reason why I bring it up is because, like, here there's no really... So when you go to an open mic, um, at least in, like, Seattle area, um, you're going to go to somewhere where someone's playing, like, an acoustic guitar or some fucking drums. And then if you... Uh, hip-hop, though, there's not really um, much of a clear path for that. Some people will go to, like, poetry open mics and they'll do hip-hop there or they'll try to go and do it out, in, um, you know, on these acoustic sets, if you will. And so the... Yeah, 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 yeah. I've had to do that... There's not really, there's, I think apparently I know people who are sorting some hip-hop open mics out, but there's not like regular ones. Mm-hmm. There's, a fair amount of, there's a fair amount of just underground hip-hop shows that happen, mm. and usually there's an open mic at the start at. Mm-hmm. Like obviously a lot of the local collectives, like Zensei, for example, will put like, we'll put, we'll, we'll put like a cypher on before their sets, or someone like, you know, you know, or something like that. I mean, there's not really a lot of open mics for hip-hop. Yeah. There's no mics that I guess the cannabis scene is quite a diverse scene as well. This, this is mostly in cannabis, more or less in Fanny. Mm-hmm. which is the collection of seaside towns down next to each other that includes the one I live in. Yeah, and Canterbury being the bigger town. Yeah, yeah obviously, the, I think there's, there's no you'll get a lot of different people there. Like, you'll get a couple of rappers there, you'll get a couple of poets there, you'll get a lot of acoustic people there. You'll just get people who are receptive to, I guess, hearing. One person come out and play the acoustic guitar, then another person come out and spit and spit and spit rhymes on a drum machine. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! 
And are your um are your DJs there still the gatekeepers of um who get gets popular in the hip hop uh, scene? Yeah, not you're not really because the Kent scene's not really organized enough for that. Yeah. I think Kent is just you get a lot of rappers, we just get a lot of, but it's not like a big scene. There's just a lot of different pockets doing their own independent thing. Appealing to and niche shit. Yeah, I guess like I guess there's kind of there's like a lot of it's just about affiliations, I guess. Not even in a bad way. I mean, for example, Zensei, who are the big kind of people in Kent who are kind of the underground hip hop collective of Kent. Mm-hmm. Big up Zensei because they're dope. Because yeah, big up, big up Zensei, actually. Big up Chi, Ten Innovative, Chameleon, Ten Bag Bandits, Kiss, Moonwalk Boogie, the other other people who I can't remember off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Big up them, big up them, because they're, they're fucking dope. But oh, yeah, Valerie and Slang, big up all of those people, because they're dope and they're doing a lot of their bop. Mm, oh, I um, see. But also, like, I guess being fitted with them, I guess, is also a way to get in, or just having gone on a cypher on a, radio, on a hip-hop radio show or something is how you get in. Mm-hmm. Instead, I don't know who seen is that it's a lot smaller. It's not like you get, like, in, a, in, a, in, a, in America. Like, there's no rhyme sayers of England. yeah. So you're not competing for like labels and stuff like that. You're just playing yeah, I mean, shows and getting become to become yeah. familiar. You also, there's not like as much of kind of a what's the monopoly or like a hierarchy like you get in America. Mm-hmm. There's no vibe. There's no vibe sayers. The closest thing to that actually there was a low life, but that ended years ago. Oh really? Why did it end? Low life basically was a record label in the late '90s, early 2000s. Basically, it was started by a rapper called Brain Cats who moved to London from some town up north. He had money. Not like millionaire, but he had money. He had quite a... It's kind of like LP in a sense. Not that it sounds like LP, but he had that kind of futuristic, kind of offbeat mm. rapping thing. And he just kind of came from money. Yeah. At least compared at least compared to most people. And then he kind of moved out of London and he started Low Life Records and he signed like Task Force, Chester P, London Posse. Oh, shit. Okay. Skinny Man, like Supernova, Maps and Bad Bones, Catch Me the Iguana Man. And there's a lot of the big deals are in the UK. The, the premier kind of lyricists and the kind of dudes yeah. in the UK who are doing who are kind of spitting but doing something a bit different. Basically, basically everything that was caused it was there's no money in it. All the early releases were basically put out for free. Listen, for the artists, like the money would all go to the label. Uh-huh. Just getting their and name what out. Happened, what happened after that was basically Brain Cat. Basically, basically people won't kind of one day basically Brain Cat said this baddest start up and baddest one day, still with having promised, you know, their money. And basically then Chester P and like Skinny Man and a bunch of other people who were, you know, hard as fucking nails. Yeah. Like, I met most of these people. They're nice, they're, they're nice guys, but like they are hard as fucking nails. And basically, they found out that Braytax and transferred all the money from the label into his own account and fled to Australia. Holy shit, what? Yeah, he just, in the middle of the night, he just packed, transferred all about, packed his bags in the middle of the night and moved to Australia. Damn. I think if he ever goes back to England or even twice to continue his rap career, yeah. he's, just gonna, he's just gonna get beat, he's gonna get fouled and beat down. Yeah, exactly. He's gonna be all like fucking tied naked with his ass sticking up in the air. Like, is that the biggest dick move you've ever heard? Yeah, that is fucked up, man. Like, what? <laughs> the, um, yeah, here you do. You tend to have that monopoly, like you used to, anyways. Now, kind of not so much because nobody listens to radio. But you had the monopoly of, uh, you know, if a radio DJ played your music, 
And then now it's, you know, record labels basically because people associate themselves with the brand, so to speak. Um, and when they do that, they'll listen to almost any musician that's on that brand, if you will, almost like a religion. But the um, is is there so is there a concept of like you? Okay, if you if Jack if Jack does this really well, um, he can do this professionally, and that's your job. Like, is that is that a thing, or is this always like kind of? A See, it, 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 it is a thing, but you got to factor in. You're not going to be making atmosphere money. Yeah. Like atmosphere, it's not worth like a few million, isn't he? Is he really? I didn't know that. Damn. Damn. Like, that... you can't really get what like Jedi mind, a Jedi mind tricks would get where they have like probably nearly millions of sales. Probably like, I mean, like even people who live off music don't live that well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, like, just, like, like I mean, Chester P lives off music but then he still but then he still lives in like a council flat mm-hmm. yeah and the council well, flat's like an apartment right yeah like a low like, like a, it's like public housing oh shit okay maybe not public housing but he still lives in a low maybe he might rent it out but it's yeah like pretty it's, close it's, it's, it's still in like it's still in like the hood yeah I mean, I mean, it's just, I mean it's out because they're brothers the main reason just if he had a solo career and got a bit bigger whereas Farmer G didn't you know, Farmer G's the older one. It's because Farmer G had, had, had like children at home. Oh shit! Oh, so kind of. So I guess Farmer G kind of had could be going around touring the country and going to open mics every night because he had like his son. Mm-hmm. Farmer G's son, Remus, his older son, is a fucking beast. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. So through talent and the freedom to move around, he's rose. But just, yeah, but it's just to be obviously obviously get a more because he doesn't have kids. Mm-hmm. I I think he's married. I think he's married. Says an interview, but that that wasn't too much later. He didn't have a he like yeah but I kind of figures that happens there you just can't be gaining much money also because it's a much smaller place and also touring is just kind of hard why why isn't so I don't understand is there a concept of like as an artist um once you get you know better and a little more notable do you, is there global tours that a lot of like the notable artists in the UK do or no um a few I mean, if we're, t- if we're talking about like kind of the mainstream of UK rap, which is different, so obviously yeah. Grime, rappers like Skepto and Gigs are well, or even mm-hmm. kind of. Wait, wait, do you know who N Dubs are? Who, wait, say that again. N Dubs. Yeah, I, I'm familiar, but hardly. Like British pop rap group. Yeah, okay. Like, you've heard of them? Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah. N Dubs is that like, also, so like, and N Dubs isn't Grime, obviously, N Dubs is kind of poppy hip hop. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they had like worldwide. They had worldwide tours. Oh. It's just, just, I think Chester P is probably been. I mean, obviously like Chester or Skinny Man or Rams and Babbons. I'm sure they have toured other countries, but they're not on. They're not on like a St. Francis, Bob Ali type tip where they're mm-hmm. touring for two years around the world. Yeah, that's just, and that's. I guess also these tours would be limited, probably maybe just to Europe, mm-hmm. maybe Australia, Australia because Australia and British culture. As well as like the accents and stuff are very similar. Yeah. Like there's a lot of also like a lot of like UK stuff is big in Australia. If you're Australian hip hop, like like Earth Boy and like Seth Century, that's similar to like a lot of UK hip hop. Because mm-hmm. because UK hip hop's always had an impediment there more so than it's had in England in the US. Oh, okay. Because yeah. they're just they're just very intertwined countries and they're similar culturally, whereas like a lot of the biggest, a lot of it was up until the last few years there just wasn't a distribution for US hip hop. I mean UK hip hop in the US. 
Yeah. It just didn't exist. Mm-hmm. I know Ice T tried to sign a few people. Ice T signed a few Ripcore acts like Hijack, were like really revered in the UK. And also being one of the first people to actually rap in British accents. Hijack, Demon Boys. They were also they all signed. Ice was gonna put them out, but then that fell through. Uh-huh. It was because delays that should be released like a year later in the States than it was in the UK. And by that point, it just, even though it was ahead of its time, it sounded really dated. Yeah, I see. I mean, that's not just in the UK, that's in pretty much everywhere other than the US. I mean, same true in Australia. I mean, in Canada, that's true too. I mean, in Canada, for example, obviously, you get, I guess you know Swollen Members. Yeah, Swollen, I love Swollen Members. Swollen Members were actually mainstream in Canada. Oh, really? I didn't even know they were from Canada. I feel really ignorant. Yeah, they're, they're never from Canada. Remember in like the early 2000s for like pop stars who were on the radio and on the TV. Yeah. In Canada, in the MS world, they were an underground group. Oh, I guess, yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, obviously Buck 65. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I love Buck 65. I don't, I, don't, I don't think he's mainstream per se in Canada, mm-hmm. but I guess like, he has like a radio show in Canada and he's like on the TV and the radio. Yeah, and he was like super underground here and you'd almost associate it with like idea and abilities and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I guess, I mean, he's kind of, like, yeah, I mean, I mean, Cardo Official was from, from Canada. Oh, really? Cardo Official, you know Cardo Official, right? Yeah, yeah, I know Cardo Official. Cardo Official was actually dope. Damn. Yeah, like, I, I agree, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, even in that song, what's that song that's famous? The, the one of Akon. Oh, fuck. Um, Notice you, noticing me. Yeah. Song. See, even in that song, he's actually spinning bars. Like, that's actually lyrics actually a lot more in-depth than a lot of... Yeah, exactly. It's not so surf, not so topical. Because that's what, like, a lot of... That's why a lot of rappers don't have this personality. You get this on all sides of the world. You, get, you can talk about a lot of, oh no, even as locally, you hear a lot of like trap rappers who want to be future or whatever. And obviously they don't sound like future and have no personality. But at the same time, a lot of like the underground rappers like around here, a lot of them just sound like they're trying to do generic boom bap without any personality or just saying what they think a UK underground rapper should sound like. Yeah. And which is like, wait, wait, which is, you rap like, which is, you rap like this in this, in this exact voice and you flow all your bars like this and you only rap over, bo- and you only rap over boom, over boom, over boom bap, <laughs> over boom bap, over from a black British musician, or a black American one. You just have to mention how you hate the government and talk about weed, and talk about weed, and mention space a few times. <laughs> and you're I mean, I, I mean, I, that's what that's what like that, that's like how to be a British underground rapper. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just fucking carry all the tropes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to you have to rap in the, you have to rap in the Chester P voice. <laughs> Literally, this is just half three months. Most other British underground rappers. Yeah, they, they literally all just sound like. They like they rap it like they all have to rap in this exact voice because if you because because if you're not because you want to be exactly like Chester P and or Jest. <laughs> do you think that's like a, a period that people go through, or do most a lot of people carry that shit all the way throughout their uh, their um, fucking career? So if I'd say some people start out imitating, I just don't like to speak about a lot of my early early work, which, which is just off the internet now. Mm-hmm. It's very like. American underground hip hop. It's very like I want to be Saints for Ace of Hearts, Saints for Answers idea. It's very like that. Then I got then I guess UK. I guess I moved out. Then I guess I mean some of the people I spit with, like obviously when I was with Squid, he started out rapping, doing that kind of doing that UK hip hop flow. And then he's moved into being more. Well, still in that. Still his genre, but he's moved into something. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a blender because in the in a lot of ways, like in my experience with my own. Uh, 
like with uh, poetry and even uh, with my hip hop and stuff. Like I started off imitating and then it was almost like a blender of experience. Like as I was either would collaborate with other people or I'd get exposed to new styles, it would slowly start to inform my style and eventually creating like a unique mixture, if you will. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean obviously, obviously, I mean, I guess for me it's also like I got a bit of background where like I knew a lot more about hip hop because again, obviously, we say this, you don't know about most of these UK artists are, but then a lot of people in the UK wouldn't know who like a lot of Project Blown people are or a lot of the kind of American national rappers are. Uh huh. There's actually one situation in which I was talking to two kind of kind of well known B listers of the UK on hip hop scene. And I, started, and, I, and, I, and I brought up like Bus Driver and like we started Fellowship and they had like no idea what I was on about. Yeah, oh really? I guess the same principle just because I guess they didn't hear that, they heard when they heard on the go map, they heard they they heard they heard Blonde and Posse and Chester P. Oh yeah. I love West Coast, yeah. I mean I, I, mean, I guess I guess that background. I guess I'll say this locally because there's not that there's not really that much of an abstract hip hop scene around here, at least mm-hmm. for like the style of I do. The only I think of is kind of is like the Rapscallions group who are the guys that show me stuff. So like yeah. Joey Prolaps, Bobby Hovis Yosh, Slipper, Humble Pius, Mark of the Zoo. Wordsmith, Wordsmith, Wordsmith. Then there are people who are kind of out here that are doing that kind of rap. Uh-huh. A lot of the other people I've seen is kind of, four, you know Four Hours, don't you? Uh, no. They're like they're like a UK hip hop. They they kind of name like UK underground hip hop right now. They've okay. had a few. They crossed over to America a bit. Like they produce one. They they produce at least don't get some for AOTP. Mm-hmm. Like okay. Obviously, all I can is it that underground rap is more in that tradition as opposed to like any tradition because they don't know because they don't know this. It's just like because hip hop is very regional, but again, and that some culture this becomes its own. <coughs> Isolated phenomenon is uh, like horrorcore rap. If you know anything about horrorcore rap, uh, a hardcore rap, horrorcore rap. Uh uh-uh, uh, what is that? So, I, am I speaking too fast? No, you're fine. Cool, cool. But anyway, uh, think about horrorcore rap. I guess like like ICP. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. No. Even like ICP, even like this kind of brought out that this kind of these other rappers are probably inspired. Like if you're like serial killer records, local stuff production, dark half scum. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Yes, but that, that, that's become like its own subculture as well. Like I used to be involved in it. Like I used to like be into that style of music. Some of the earliest raps I wrote were kind of in that vein. Before I found kind of more traditional underground hip hop and like UK hip hop. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess the thing. I guess I mean the thing about UK. Thing, the thing about UK hip hop is that like, and then, so that's what I come to. Where like a lot of people in it aren't even hip hop heads. A lot of them are metal heads. Uh, yeah, I've noticed that in like ICP and stuff like that. Like there was a like, weird crossover there. I mean, like, I, I, I used to be square that I used to be all like legit hip hop heads. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I guess I'm not really into their music anymore. I used to be. But I would still say they do get some respect because I mean, they created this thing that no one had done before. Yeah, they, they literally created got, a group. They, they made loads of money despite having, and this says, despite being shot down at every opportunity. I mean, they were like, and again, these guys do, actually do love hip hop. I've seen interviews with them, and they fucking they know their hip hop. Yeah, exactly. They know they know their hip hop, and they they they've signed. Like they put they put on like they signed. Obviously, they put um, the cuts from Bob Law, Awesome Dre, a few other like well known mm-hmm. kind of West Coast kind of MCs. They gave new lights in the form of their music. 
Yeah, yeah, they they actually give credit where credit's due. They get it. Hulk Rappers is even even post ICP now. There's a lot of people that seem to don't like ICP. Mm-hmm. But that's what's one of the people who are maybe metalheads don't know a lot of hip hop. It's become its own subculture. But it's actually a fair lot of money. Yeah. Like, like people like Mars, Kung Fu Vampire. I guess Tech Nine kind of falls into that. Yeah, he kind of does. I mean, and he's trying to. I think Tech Nine's kind of. I think Tech Nine's kind of distanced himself a bit. bit. Mm-hmm. Same like Hopsin and stuff. They kind of distance themselves from that kind of scene. Yeah, they, they have probably within the past like three years, it seems. Like, like I guess, like, it's like, it's like kind of like, kind of like, there's a point, like, for example, on the other spectrum, there's a point where, like, you know, Mars kind of distanced himself from sort of the white backpacker rap scene. Mm-hmm. Okay, obviously, you know, Mars, I'm sure familiar with just kind of how he stopped working with people like Slog and Aesop in favor of more, you know, urban rappers. Yeah, I did kind of start seeing that 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 transition and I, I didn't like particularly understand it if you will like kind of what okay. are you talking are you talking specifically about Mers or in general no like about Mers specifically yeah. and I guess in Mers I guess there might just be a I think it's a Mersey point is they want to be associated with kind of some of the, the again because much as I love all the vibes there's Anagon Death Jock stuff mm-hmm. you get this weird thing of like white middle class people who only listen to white middle class rappers? No insular. Yeah, man, I love hip hop. My favorite rappers are Eminem, The Beastie Boys, <laughs> Atmosphere, Macklemore, Ace of Arc, Machine Gun Kelly. I mean, I know, know Slug is mixed, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, he looks like a white guy. Yeah, exactly. Oh no, that. <laughs> And he appeals to that kind of that similar thing, the uh, the background yeah. even, you know. But again, I mean, again, all those guys. I mean, obviously they're all legit hip hop heads. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. Slug obviously is a deep hip hop head. But it was all the Anticon dudes who got a lot of flack in the hip hop scene back in the day for, for 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 doing what they were doing. Yeah, they all know their hip hop as well. But I guess yeah, they're innovators. I mean, I mean, LP's done this now with one of the jewels. He's kind of distanced himself from sort of the kind of abstract hip hop scene. Mm-hmm. I guess that would be almost like you may not want to be associated with that kind of audience or did you want to move to a bigger fan base? Yeah, that's the thing with like when you do the abstract hip-hop scene, I can see the fear of being pigeonholed to a niche audience when you could reach a global audience. I guess also, I mean, the thing about, I guess, Murs in particular, I guess Murs, Murs, I guess, might have been wanting to, I think maybe Murs, I guess, he was a street dude. He was from that kind of life, I guess. Yeah. But he was a gangster. He was from, I guess, maybe, I think he might have just wanted to clap people who were more from where he's from. Mm-hmm. But it was a bit of thing of just, you're moving in different circles, like, I guess. Yeah, growing up too, like, like not growing up in the sense of like um, a hierarchy of styles, but I mean, growing up isn't just changing your interests, you know. Like, like I guess I mean, Burns became like, but I guess I guess I mean, Burns was up obviously like, so like Burns, in terms of sounds a lot less backpack than he was in his in his old on his newer stuff. Mm-hmm. With those stuff, he's rapping more in the vein of like Project Blow kind of dude, as opposed to less stuff, he's more. Not that it's numbers down because like Merz is good. I'm a fan of his. Yeah, I like I like the videos he's doing with Hip Hop X. Uh huh. But again, I, mean, I, I think Merz was a good choice. I mean, in the, in the emo rap video, obviously he talks about how kind of atmosphere and like Aesop were doing the emo rap stuff, and then this kind of parallel movement caught fire. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had Kanye. I've had Kanye's and I'm says fan. Yeah, I, yeah, I think he is. And like, I've heard, I've, I've heard he's a fan of Idea. Uh huh. Like, yeah, I, I have too, and. You said Carnage, correct? Kanye. Oh, Kanye. Yeah. Kanye West. 
Yeah, I've heard like uh what is it, Kanye, and then there was another um god damn it. Who was it? Mainstream artist that actually that really looked up to like ID and abilities, which was really surprising to me. Who was the other mainstream artist? Huh? Who was the other mainstream artist? Um, other mainstream artist. I think it was. Who was it? Who was it? Fuck. I've I thought someone was telling me like like Little Wayne actually um, had some crossover between like ID and abilities, which was really fucking surprising to me. I, thought, I, thought, I don't know. I don't tell the quality said interviewed that Lil Wayne came up to him and told him how much he liked Black Star. Yeah. No way, maybe. I mean, I guess a lot of this is just, the only thing that's different is just the marketing is different. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, I mean again, because I, I, I hang out with a fair few people. Obviously, I'm about middle class and dorky as you can get, but, you know, uh-huh. yeah, I hang out with, I hang out with people who, you know, there's people I know from rapping and people I just grew up with because we're growing up in a kind of buff area uh-huh. who are quite buff. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I've shown them kind of more on the grow up and they've liked it. Mm-hmm. I've played them like Box 65, Idea, Chester P, and they're like, yeah, this is sick. Yeah. See, what is it? What is it Elijah, who's, he's not rough at all, he's quite middle class. He's, he's very, he's like a very, he's like sporty and very culturally black. Uh huh. And I played like some Dr. Octagon and he just started dabbing to it. It was yeah. the funniest shit ever. <laughs> so there's a big, a big ups Elijah was dabbing to Dr. Octagon. I mean, again, it's all about like what you grew up with almost. I guess I mean a lot of like trap and drill music is technically underground rap because yeah. the average person doesn't listen to that. Yeah, that, that is true. I, 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 again, when I'm talking to my hood friends and they're talking about music, then mm-hmm. there's rappers that I've never heard of. Yeah, that's the same with me too. It's because you know I've gotten into that niche audience or not niche audience, but niche styles, and then they're starting to drop all these other artists, like some of me mainstream. I'm like, wait, what? But the um, I came from like a lower class, uh, like white family, if you will, and the cool thing about getting into like idea and abilities and even Aesop rock, like some of the um, abstract and I guess I don't want conscious rap, if you will. Um, it allowed me to, it exposed me to different kinds of ideas. <laughs> like with idea, uh, a lot of the shit that I struggled with as a kid, um, it, he actually like, they would bring it up in, in their music and it was, uh, it allowed me to, not rationalize it, but just be able to deal with it in an appropriate way instead of spiraling downhill like the rest of my fucking lower class family. And not like, I don't even mean financially, I mean like drug abuse and all that other shit. I still get high as fuck, but I avoided a lot of trappings because of that shit. So I guess guess, guess I was also lucky that by the time I was like 18, 19, I was like, yeah. I remember, just, I remember just one time I was shouting with a homeless man and then another homeless man walked past and said who was friends with that homeless guy and I shouted him briefly and then the other homeless guy walked past was like I'm off to buy some heroin then he pointed to me and was like don't ever do heroin it's the one drug you'll never get out of your system yeah. <laughs> I, guess, I guess also just having just people who mentored me people who mentored me older people on the rap scene mm-hmm. again having met some people who were quite well known like Skinny Man Gifted the Shifter Big Ben who've been down that kind of path there's bad people and there's good people. And no, there's fucking not. Not even the worst. The people who've made the worst choices are not even in, are not innately bad. They just made some fucking left turns and they're in situ- pigeonholed in some shitty choices. And they're See, continuing I, to make I wouldn't them. say that's true. I mean, I, 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 think, I don't think anyone's irredeemably evil per se. Mm-hmm. I'm sure even if, you, even, if you, I mean, even if you look at like the great monsters of history, they had some kind of soft side. Yeah. I mean, even Hitler and Genghis Khan had... Have stories about people who met them and they were nice. Mm-hmm. Like, and we shouldn't be really downfall. 
No, I have not. Downfall. I'm writing this down. It's about like the last days of Adolf Hitler. Oh no. Because it's from like the perspective of like his of like a soldier working for him and a secretary working for him. Yeah. It's that's because it shows a nice portrayal of Hitler. Oh whoa, that's a tr- really. But not in, like not that the people are Nazis, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Well, so the the whole thing that I get into is that if someone steals from you, they don't steal from you for the most part to um, to make you have less. They don't steal from you to fuck your life up. They steal from you because they're in a situation where they think that that's the right thing to do to meet their needs. And so, like, even if you take someone like Hitler, for instance, I'm not very well versed on that, so on uh, on Hitler, so I could be ignorant in this idea. I, 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 I'm, pretty, I'm pretty well versed on Hitler. Like, like so if... So I, 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 I'm, very, I'm very interested in, like, history. Like, in my music, there's this... In my, like, it, it isn't the song of my music. There's like historical themes and stuff in there. And so, do you see that, like, with Hitler, would you say that he didn't get to where he he didn't arrive where he arrived before the fucking he died, uh, because he wanted to hurt and kill people. That was just merely a consequence of what of his uh, of his goal, and he was thinking that his goal is the best for humanity. Like he was not, you know what I mean? Like it didn't start off like I'm gonna be an asshole and I'm gonna uh, kill and segregate people, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, again, again, um, is it what Hitler is one of the few people to escape the Holocaust was the Jewish doctor who, who, who performed the op- who performed who performed the operation who who, who cared who was responsible for Hitler's mum's various medical various medical proceedings. Mm-hmm. He actually gave the doctor and his wife, because they were Jewish, a pass out of Germany. He paid for them to get. He he, he paid and helped them immigrate. To, he paid them to go, but he paid for them to go to the U.S. and gave them and gave them a fast track to American citizenship. Yeah, because well, that doctor like helped. I'm not sure if actually might have been a doctor who Hitler's mom died at the hands of one who tried to help her. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, I, that... said, he, I said he was just sympathetic to them because they helped his mom yeah and that overcomes his a fucking blind ignorance basically that- yeah i mean, I mean, I mean and again, obviously i mean i mean hitler was a, hitler was a vegetarian really yeah what the fuck yeah, was <laughs> what for like ethical reasons or health reasons oh. <laughs> that's fucking weird yeah it seems like people we yeah, can- yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hitler loved animals. That's fucking weird. I, I there's a quote in Downfall. I'm trying to come up what, what, come up what it's called. I'm paraphrasing it a bit, but like, um, someone was saying Hitler seems very kind of like he doesn't have any fun. And someone's like, yeah, but what would, but what would you expect from a non smoking, tear tailing vegetarian? Yeah. Because <laughs> Hitler, Hitler was also one of the first, Nazi Germany was actually one of the first countries to have anti smoking regulations. Oh, really? Yeah, weren't they at the forefront of rationale as well? Because they were like, the, at the time, anyways, the culture wasn't uh, hinged upon religion, but merely hinged upon like rationale and the scientific method and stuff. Does that make any sense? Yeah, 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 but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, but again, also, I mean, I mean, Hitler was like the Holocaust actually divided a lot of people. Like a lot of people who were in the Nazi Party, including a few generals, left because they thought that was going too far. Mm-hmm. Another guy, Strasser, comment his first name, who was one of the generals. He actually opposed the final solution because instead he believed in moving everyone back into ethically, just ethnically, everyone into the ethnically segregated country, mm-hmm. and then giving the Jew, blacks and the Jews their own nice segregated countries. 
which, I, which, which I don't agree with, obviously. But you know, yeah, exactly. It's, very, it's, very, it's different to what Hitler was advocating. And it's important too to be able to uh, to recount and talk about these things without it being taboo, because we're all capable of arriving at these ideas. You know what it's I mean? Also possible, yeah, it's also possible just to you know recap. Um, It's also it's also it's also possible just to recap to understand that morality is cultural. Yeah, yeah. Like like my nan is super fucking racist. Uh huh. Like yeah. when I say I, I go to I can maybe I go to all these hip hop things in London and meet all these people is because my nan lives in Barnsley Estate. Mm-hmm. And the whole area, the whole area of Northwest London, the Berry. There is where like loads of British rappers are from. Towns in Highbury, Finsbury, Barnsbury, etc. Yeah. Highbury. Like just a piece from there, skinny man's from there. Nova, even even quite a few mainstream people like uh, Daffy from Endub, like Endubs from like massive stars in the UK. Oh shit! And actually, in most places other than the US. Yeah. Wait, did Endubs have hit songs in America? Uh huh. Yeah, did yeah, they? yeah. They like did. One, yeah. Like what? Like one or two or not? Yeah, I think like about like one or two. Yeah. Because Endubs had like about four years spot in the UK of just constant stardom. Constant number one hits. I mean, I'm not a big fan of theirs. They're not really my style of hip hop. Uh huh. Like, I mean, I've seen Daffy rap on like the Riffle Stone. He's actually beast when he tries to be, but you know, obviously the stuff. Obviously, they they didn't make that kind of stuff. Yeah. Obviously, but they were, they, were, they were making pop, poppy, catchy rap. A little less risky, but yeah. They're just making this is clubby pop, fun time rap, which is. Mm-hmm. It's not the worst thing in the world. They, they were good at what they did. Just yeah, it just appeals to a different audience. And yeah, but I was saying there was another rapper called Chipmunk who was affiliated with them. That was the same kind of thing. Yeah. And the Chipmunks instead has been named some Chip and has rebranded themselves as a serious uh, road rhyme artist. Uh huh. Oh, shit. Just, just, yeah, yeah. Rhyme. You're, you're Tiny Temper, right? Huh? Tiny Temper. Uh uh. Uh-uh. He's look. like he's had a few hit songs in America. Like, he's not like a he's not, he's like a dance music rapper. Uh huh. Temper. Oh okay. Hmm. I'm looking him up now. This is like a very famous rapper in England. Yep. UK rapper. Obviously, mainstream rap is very like. Oh shit! Yeah, dude, you literally like I got such a fucking cool ass list over here now. I'm excited, man. I've never yeah, been man. exposed to the UK rap scene. Yeah, what about the streets? Yeah. So. I mean, the streets. I mean, the streets don't count. I mean, the streets kind of, kind of don't count. Uh huh. Because they're not. I mean, you know the streets, don't you? Um. No. You've heard they're like they're like they're not the only British rap groups to be famous in America. Oh. They were famous like ten years ago. Oh yeah, you know what? I I think I yeah I know who you're talking about now. The streets are. Yep. I mean, they're not really a part of the UK hip hop scene. They're just kind of a. They don't really that rapping, they're more a poetry. There's more like spoken word poetry. They're quite good uh-huh. though. I'm a fan. Yeah. It's musical yeah. though. The, um, obviously, people, obviously, there's been a bit of a crossover, I guess. Also, a lot of it's just to do with, I guess, a lot of Americans just don't realize how rough like, England can be. They don't even seem to realize there is this huge hood subculture. Yeah, it's just. just like, like, actually, I remember when I was like, actually, when I, when I was like 14. I was in this hip hop internet discussion group. This is around the time I started putting out music. Uh-huh. And someone, and I Skype, Skype, and I Skype with one of them. Oh, really? The Skype, Skype was just one, this random guy from this UK, from this hip hop, this random American guy from some hip hop discussion group. Yeah. He was from like Texas or somewhere. 
Oh, it was wow. white dude. And he actually asked me, are there black people in England? Yeah. Really? See, the you ask are there black people in England? <laughs> a lot of people wanted to, don't, have this, don't have this idea that England's this lovely place. Because like, even in Canada, that's where, like, even a lot of Canadian rappers couldn't break through just because of the image that Canada was a nice place. Yeah. The, I mean, the, uh, yeah, go ahead, Jack. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, it's really with the OMC. Yeah. How bizarre. Mm, yeah. Because you're know, actually definitely New Zealand. Uh, really? And basically, also, like, Bernard is a guy from overseas. Before that, he was in an actual serious hip hop group. Uh huh. Like, a street kind of Cypress Hill esque hip hop group. Oh, okay. The reason, yeah. the reason they could ever break over was just because people outside New Zealand don't realize there's, like, this massive hood in New Zealand. Oh. Uh, I thought, yeah, I always thought New Zealand was, like, the most flowery, lovely place <laughs> in the world. That's funny. I mean, it probably is, but there's also, like, a rough bit here. Yeah, isn't it's that like, like. It's like this place in America that are, like, lovely, and this place in America that are shitholes. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, I mean, just for example, in London, I mean, if you go to, like, I don't know, if you go, it's in, in North, kind of North London, you've got, like, if you go to, like, something like Windsor, but not Windsor, Windsor's actually in London. And actually near London, if you go into Berkshire, you can have Windsor, which is where, which is where like, all the, all, the, all the millionaires live and the rich people. Yeah. And all, and all the rich people live. And then shortly after that, yeah. Uh, but you go into them and all, the, and all the rich people live and it's all flowery and everyone lives to their 80 and it's just old folks holding hands and picking flowers. And then the next town along, which is also next to Legoland. Really? Is, bizarrely, is Slough, <laughs> which is just the roughest place, which is like one of the shittest places in, in, in Europe. Yeah. Like council estates on every block, people smoking crack in the <laughs> guns. So it's okay. 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 In England, like guns are really hard to come across. Yeah, that's because you guys aren't allowed to legally have guns at all, correct? Um, you can, but you have to fill very specific criteria. Wow. As in, if you're like a hunter or a collector, you can apply for one. Or if you're like a police officer or like or like military, yeah, you can apply for you can apply for one. That's... It's very, it's strictly regulated. Uh huh. In... It, it, it did used to be that way, but in the 90s, there was a mass shooting in a primary school where a bunch of eight-year-olds were massacred by a psycho. And that led to guns just being flat bad, apart from very strict circumstances. Has that been pretty... I get, I get, yeah. I get to say birthday to the guy who, who shot up that primary school. Uh-huh. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 it's the thing about it. It's the longest place in the world. It gets loud, like, 20 minutes down the road. It's loud, like, there's guns, crack, fucking council estates in every block. You get like, you get like this, it's one of the few places in England where white people aren't Uh-huh. It's like, se- it's like 70% like Indian immigrants. Uh-huh. And like 20% like black dudes. Then there's like 5% white dudes or some shit. Holy shit. So white dudes are in the minority in those areas? Yeah, it's loud. Damn. Which, you know, is next to one of the wealthiest cities in the world, towns in the world. Uh-huh. And, next to Le- and near Legoland. <laughs> That's fucking crazy, dude. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Um, do you have Hello? any? Yeah. What are you gonna say? Uh, I was gonna say, do you have any closers? Because I gotta go get this little man some cereal before I take him to school. Um, okay, Jack Miffos and Jack Miffos, my family. Jack, uh, listen to my album and other strange and other strangers. January eighteenth. Check the check the preview. Check the check the EP out. I need a few songs. They'll be on it. 
it's going to be a long album, so yeah, you know, be braced. Um, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, check check uh, my other stuff. It's not professionally recorded, so it doesn't sound quite kind of shit. But just to still listen to it because I'm still backing my ass off. <laughs> big ups, everyone. Big ups, everyone. Big ups, big ups, my big ups, Will. Big ups, all my family state, Ragnarok, Harvey Dopamine. My man, my man John, my man John, who I'm signing my site, my hip hop discussion site with, which will be announced more later. It's my big ups, big ups, all the dope rappers in Ken. Big ups, Joey Fo Labs, Supersonic, Victimizer, Humble Pius, Wordsmith. Uh, Valerian Slang, Ten Bag Bandits, Chi, Mike Righteous, fucking like innovative, um, other people. Uh, I, I'll point into a list of names later and kick myself. <laughs> I missed the uh, Squid, Squid Diligence, Squidzilla, Doggo, Mr. Major, Microbyte, Crap, my, my man Crash Perish, Big Ups there, Big Ups, all the UK hip hop scene, check, check the roots of UK hip hop, check like. Mudfans, Charles Wars, Chester P, Skinny Man, Ramps and Bad Bones, Remus, Maestro, New Flesh Roll, Black Josh, Braintax, even despite his personal actions. Just, yeah, big ups, big ups, big ups, Mongo, big ups, Mongo, for having me, for Jeremy Love, big ups, the theme, Becoming Human. Mm-hmm. It's Becoming Human, right? Yeah, yeah, Becoming Human. Big ups, Becoming Human. Yeah, just big ups, everyone. Check my music. I'm gonna go, gonna go smoke a joint. Fuck yeah, I'm about to do the same after I get this little dude some cereal. <laughs> Woo! That was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. If you did, please rate, review, and share it everywhere. You can find Jack Mythos on social media, Patreon, YouTube, and Bandcamp as Jack Mythos. Don't forget to check out his upcoming EP other strangeness i'm gonna play you out with another song from jack mythos brief visits from the sandman got a pretty good laugh falling asleep my lifelong skirmish spikes daily matter bygone purchase dreams of galactica silent surface watching fallen icon surface begin to life my worst with persistence of a curse which i closed off the first blip and see dispersed gifts planning my rem journey into his realm early afraid his blood shall burn me can only discern greed Call out my sound pierces, home with bounty clears bridges Every jewel's wrong, my fears live, I'd finish suicide, no found here with Talking tigers, creepy midges, wonderman leaves, squeezy cynics June salmon's weekly visits, my dreams be free to menace Talking tiger, creepy midgets, wonderman leaves, squeezy cynics June salmon's weekly visits, my dreams be free to menace Insomnia has plagued me, isolation has repaid me My happy friends relayed sleep, next nap time remain me Terry stood in my light dream, dark black hair and black and white scenes Reflecting on nice clean, how easy life seemed He could easily heist fiends, but drains every slight gleam the skeletons revive me, my darkest fantasies rise regimes See disgrace shall be placed, in which my grave will be based Lives with pits are bathed in a blaze, Kaluka's face and awake Talking tigers, creepy midgets, wonderland leaves, squeezy cynics Jim Salman's weekly visits, my dreams briefly diminish Talking tigers, creepy midgets, wonderland leaves, squeezy cynics Jim Salman's weekly visits, my dreams briefly diminish First entry of my dream journal, he made me an unclean gerbil Grey and sky, serene purple, see him after I scheme verbals Once shot by loud diction, converted him to proud fiction Shattering storm cloud prisms, sunshine Shine those rounds of prisons Pushing from steeple sleeker Rude pedestrians equal creepers He's an old feeble eater Far from demonic people eater True mean of slow Modest, content to hear goes gothic I can finally close my optics Rich without my most profit <laughs>